So you had mentioned to me the other day, damn, our audio sounds pretty good. And I was like, hey, man, I'm not going to touch the dials. I'm not going to do nothing. And you're pretty much, I think, of the same camp. You're like, fuck it, it's dialed in. And then what happens, Bob? Uh, Microsoft decides that you need a system update. And now one of my drivers is belly up. And we are running this thing with bailing wire and duct tape right now. It should sound fine. It's just not my regular setup. It's just- it just took a dozen reboots and you're still not back to where you want to be, right? No, I think it's an MME driver because typically in my don't touch a thing, the audio driver that I'm using is the MME. But when I'm using that driver now, I can only get sound in one input, which is weird because now I have mic in two inputs, but audio out in one. It's so weird. So I'm using the the Behringer driver, but it's not multitask capable. So we'll see. It looks, everything looks fine. So in the uh, run up to today's show, I'm like, Bob, you got to watch this PBS special called Frontline, the era of AI. Oh, I didn't even realize it was Frontline. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, it's very terrifying, actually. So I, I do recommend as homework if I can assign you such things uh, to you watch it. I watched it on YouTube. It was uh, uploaded like last week. Not bad, but it did give me a little bit of pause about a few things. Thing number one is we're, we seem to be evolving, as we've mentioned, to like separate ecosystems, but not like Apple and Android. But how about China, China, Russia, and the U.S. Meaning. We might have tech bubbles that no longer mesh because right now, if you're in China or Russia, you can use Apple or Windows or whatnot. There's not really, in my mind, like the standout operating system that's non-American. But China has issued a policy called the 352 policy that says in the next three years, year one, starting in 2020, 30% of all government um, infrastructure needs to be off of American operating systems or really foreign, then the next year 50. Did you say 30? Yes. And then followed by 50% the next year and then 20% the next year. So a total of 100%. So 30% off. Next year, we're going to get 50% off. Then the third year, 20% total of 100%. So they want to get completely out of bed, if you will, with Microsoft, Apple, and whatnot. And they want to develop their own operating systems for their military use because they're concerned that you know windows has a back door for the u.s government and quite frankly it probably does uh you just had an update right bob anyway all right too soon yeah. <laughs> but, um so i found that interesting russia had a law that was just signed by mr putin saying that um you have to have russian software on your phones i believe it is and so the the ecosystem war or maybe Tech Wars 2.0 is starting to look like um, instead of the divisions between companies, we might have divisions between countries. I mean, we've already seen the Huawei uh, and U.S. spat uh, and whatnot, but it's going to get interesting, if if you will, because a lot of our stuff gets made in China, which it gets copied, stolen, and kind of cloned over there. And so if they start putting up what they were calling the bamboo curtain, I guess a play on the iron curtain, but the bamboo curtain. Um, oh, that's terrible. It? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, it's just kind of an interesting thing because they we've essentially as America, we've 
bootstrapped China into where they are now. And they're, they are claiming that the U.S. is still number one in AI and machine learning, but they're going to probably eclipse us very soon. So, Well, I've seen that in the presidential debates running up to current time, where that is one of the major concerns that China, because of the way that they're setting up regulations and whatnot, they're far better suited to surpass us in the field of AI. But also, not jumping ahead too far in the episode, but what are your thoughts on, I mean, it could be a good thing in the long term, as long as the U.S. stays, you know, if we have the apples um, of the world that are, you know, U.S., quote, U.S. companies, um, doesn't that bode well for there not being a global, universal, ubiquitous communication platform? It depends who you are. Um, for you and I, probably. Um, if, But then again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go like the party lines, but instead of like Republicans, Democrats, it's going to go NATO and non-NATO, right? So you're going to have the NATO-compatible frameworks because New Zealand, Denmark, UK, they're all going to be part of the U.S. stuff. Um, for obvious reasons that we've talked about the five eyes and all that, because they, the current system was working really well to spy on your own people. And so I think what China and Russia are doing going, Hey, yeah, that is a good idea. Let's spy on our own people, but let's make sure that the NATO allies can't actually spy on us either by completely not using their software. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. Right. But I guess what I'm going is that, is that necessarily a super bad thing? Because like, one of my fears is, you know, much like Black Mirror episode of Nosedive is that there's only one platform to rule them all and you get sucked into the vortex of literally being part of that matrix. If China and Russia each have their independent ones, that, that at least makes me feel like there's well, not going to be a global dominance. Well, yes. I, options are a good thing. I think the more options you have, you're probably better off. But what's the pragmatic implication of that are you really as bob the consumer going well i'm not sure if i'm going to go with the chinese russian or the u.s one is that a real choice you're going to well, make no because we don't have that no we don't have those options but at least apple's not taking over the world or facebook's not going to be able to develop a device that is in the hands of literally every person on the planet true but uh gosh you know i haven't really thought through that i think you're right i think segmenting if you will into smaller bubbles helps but it also creates potential issues because when you have a one platform that crosses borders you have the ability to spread ideas where it normally wouldn't go you know and i'll throw out the usual freedoms you know and stuff like that but if you put up your borders um you can no longer participate or see what's happening necessarily on the other side right the thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Oh, no, I think that that's a really great point. And, you know, you think about as technology has been getting better and more powerful, it, it would seem that the size of the globe is shrinking. But then when you have large entities like Russia and China, you know, basically putting up new great walls of China instead of bamboo Curtain. curtains, which I think <laughs> well, the new great wall would be much better well, than bamboo curtains. They call it the curtain. great firewall over <laughs> in China, right? 
All right. So yeah. So um. So I just found that kind of an interesting thing, and we're, we're kind of moving towards a a war of AI because they paint a very dystopian current. Um, I guess the present over in China with the social credit system and facial recognition, they were correlating those no shit in the documentary that um, they said, if you have low battery on your phone, that is a negative for your social credit. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Because they have exactly they've correlated people who don't keep their phone charged well with people who have poor decision making. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> shit, I'm going to keep my phone charged. You know, but How about they just have shitty phone batteries? Come on. Well, I'm just telling you there that's, that's a, or you're too busy crushing it. <laughs> Gary V. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a data point over there for their social credit system. And they also use your social credit score and all these different things to determine whether or not you need to go back to a political uh, re-education camp, also known as a prison, so that you can tow the party line. I'm like, holy shit, this sounds like an episode of Black Mirror, but no, this is what we call China these days. How fucking scary is that? China! Oh gosh, this is uh, that's a very good foreshadowing because we have a part of the show coming up where we get to talk about some... Black Mirror episodes. And so, and so without getting too much deeper into that, I, I want to talk about one other point that was brought up in the Frontline special, and it was, had to do with AlphaGo. And so I know you're familiar with the AlphaGo documentary and the, the experiment that happened, but for the lay listener, it's essentially there's a game called Go. It's like a board game, and it has black and uh, white pieces on a grid. There's like a gajillion different combinations. Uh, think of checkers, but Othello, or is it not Othello? Uh, what's that old? Is it Othello? That old board game from the 80s? Where you flip yeah, the yeah, black yeah. ones to white and the white it's ones kind, to black. It's kind of yeah, like that, Othello. but not really. Oh, I was thinking of Shakespeare. I'm like, oh, wait, is that just the Shakespeare thing? I guess they are the same name, right? <laughs> um, so it was uh, human versus machine where the machine won, beat like the world champion from like South Korea or something. And many people are saying, ah, oh, this is going to usher in a new era. This is the Sputnik moment for AI. Well, they use that as a defining moment, saying that it takes creativity to win that game. It's not just a series of algorithmic moves, right? Right, because if you recall, May 12th, 1997, IBM's Deep Blue supercomputer defeated Kasparov. And that kind of made headlines, but everyone let out a collective, meh, at the end of that, right? <laughs> Probably because the word IBM was in front of it. <laughs> so, um, but I was thinking, you know, we, if we're making such, uh, I don't know, kind of, hey, this is a Sputnik moment. Think about, I don't know, it, it was kind of a sporting event, right? Where think of it as the Yankees or the Patriots lost the game. And all the sports talking heads lose their mind and go, what does this mean? It means Steinbrenner this or or. Uh, Bob Craft that, and we overreact. So honestly, I'm thinking we're up. funny enough. The Patriots did lose Sunday for their second loss of the they season. They did. I saw that game. But what I'm getting at is, <laughs> I'm thinking people are kind of being hype, hyperbolic when they come to what does it mean that a computer beat the champion and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, is it hyperbolic or hyperbolic? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not a grammar expert. I'm a coder. <laughs> 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 we'll have to have an intern look that up. Though. 
So I guess that, yes. uh, you know, the difference here is how the player beat or the computer beat the Go player versus how the supercomputer beat Kasparov, where I believe the supercomputer Deep Blue was basically an algorithmic thing where uh, the newer model, uh, AlphaGo, it, it beat the human based on machine learning. And I think it was only given the basic rules of chess and then it was given a reward system so if you win this is good so uh, you know try to do that but again go is also said as one of the most simplest games there is out there meaning it's a very constrained set of rules and but the number of combinations i've heard are greater than the number of stars in the known universe you know so, so there's just Right, so that would be the difference between chess and Go. Like, chess has a pretty strict rule set as well, but a relatively finite number of combinations and outcomes. Correct. So if I scale that up and just say, okay, you've got new rules and more outcomes, I basically have this, and if I don't use if-then-elses and I just say, well, here's the rules, and you figure it out on your own, that's pretty impressive. But I think a lot of people will take the AlphaGo um, outcome and say, ah, they're about ready to take over the world. And that's why I guess I'm coming back to <laughs> let's pump the brakes, everyone, because. Well, people will use the chimps in a room argument against the AlphaGo creativity statement, you know, because pundits or, you know, people in favor of the AI learning and AI becoming creative will use AlphaGo as a reference point. But then you know, just like the chimps in the room, given enough time, will type Shakespeare. They use that as an argument against the creativity. You have to speak English. So uh, I don't know who won the first Super Bowl. Do you know who won the first Super Bowl, Bob? It's going to either be the Dallas Cowboys or the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's say it was the Packers. Man, I really hope I got that right. And so Super Bowl one happens, Green Bay Packers won, and then all the press says, that's it. The Packers will win every game going forward because it won the Super Bowl this year. Is that a valid statement, Bob? No. So if I say this AlphaGo beat the humans in in a seven-game series or whatever it was, that means humans will always lose. Is that a true statement? No. But I think people are implying that in a lot of these articles and when they reference this and go, ah, see... A human cannot beat a computer now. We have now crossed a threshold. And I think that's wrong for the same reason that we say the Green Bay Packers will always win. You know, sometimes the ball bounces the wrong way. Sometimes you're just having a bad day as a human. And uh, you just decided, you know, to take a chance this way instead of that way. And then just maybe the computer took a chance to go this way. And it just so worked out that the computer won. So am I crazy when I'm thinking that way? Well, I think the big thing is it's a curve with a very shallow, you know, it's not steep. It's very shallow. But once that first computer does win and then the second computer. So if we have computers slowly beating the best of the best that we have one at a time, I mean, eventually the curve is going to steepen. It's going to just take off. So... I mean, it, it's not it's not an end, but it definitely can signal signal a beginning for sure. Sure, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I just think people are going too far by saying, "Ah, we're in a new era." I'm thinking, uh, not really. We're not in the Green Bay Packer era. <laughs> we're but not. It, you but know, it is a but it is a monumental achievement, though. 
Like, I mean, you got to have a milestone and that's definitely a milestone. Yes. And that's why they gave the Green Bay Packers the Lombardi trophy or (laughs) whatever it was. Right. Here's your here's your memorable thing. But this does not guarantee you're going to win tomorrow or the next day. Fast forward 20 years from now. What if computer simulations or computer like, you know, AI machine learning driven programs are beating humans on a regular basis. I mean, so so that computer beat the best um, the best Go player, and that computer beat the world's best chess player at the time. That means that computer is going to crush people like you and I. Are we done creating world's best Go players, though? No, but we're also we- not done creating the AI that plays those games either. Will the Patriots win every Super Bowl? It seems like it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a bad argument. Maybe. Uh, my 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 point is is on any given Sunday, and Team A can beat Team B, and if David kills Goliath, we don't suddenly go, "Aha, David's better than Goliath," right? Or we no, could say, but the- it only takes a very short run with the computer having a dynasty to basically crush the spirits of all humankind. I get that. I'm just saying we need a little more sample size because when somebody says we're in the new age of AI, I would say, no, we're in the new age of board game playing, (laughs) not necessarily the new age of AI. But can you not can you not give at least a little credit that this is way better than the AI of 25 years ago? Um, Yes. Well, it's fundamentally different because it's machine learning, not AI. We didn't have machine learning per se back then right so so why doesn't that why doesn't that in and of itself indicate that we're in the new era of ai i i see where you're going with this but i'm also trying to make the point that people are falsely in my opinion extrapolating this to all aspects of humanity oh computers are now greater than humans well i want to say no computers are better at playing go (laughs) than humans are Period. End statement. That's all it means. Right. But not to keep bringing up the, you know, the whole development of a child type, you know, theory that I have behind AI. Remember back to the first time that you actually legitimately beat, you know, an adult at some kind of endeavor, whether it had been checkers or, you know, a, a game of chance card game, even the first time you win you know, that's the beginning. That's the first steps. And as you grow and develop, you're going to be able to beat people who know more and have more experience and might be more intelligent than you on a more regular basis. So sure, I sure. think this is the beginning of much bigger things than go and chess. So I used to dominate my kids in Madden on the PlayStation <laughs> and now they could just school me. So I get that, but you know what it makes them? It makes them better at Madden than me <laughs> at this point. It doesn't make them necessarily a better human being than I. Right. For, but these are right? all stones that you put in the jar of, you know, growing. You know, it's, so, it's all a token that you're, you know, you're, you're adding to your value. Oh, for sure. But one unresolved thing with AI machine learning is our examples of where machine learning and AI are doing great things are limited because a human can have a bunch of these skills where just, just making computer good at one skill requires a room size computer still. I mean, we're not talking like this. This is happening on your iPhone. This is happening in like we have to set up this big event. (laughs) Well, 
look at the Kasparov thing in 1997. That was a room that was full of computers. So we haven't really figured out how to scale this whole learning thing. We need a whole room. Right, but now a blade to- can probably do that same thing, though. Uh, maybe. But what I'm saying is, okay, the human brain, the human right now has one trump card, if you will. Wait a minute. Hold it, you dummies. Over machine learning, and that is scalability. Right now, machine learning cannot freaking scale. It can do one task and it can do really well. If you say, okay, great, a human can do a thousand tasks or whatever, pick a number, it's more than one, really well, what does that look like as far as machine learning? If you're trying to replicate a human, which seems like that's what people are hell-bent on doing, replicating humanity here, right? Right. But again, if you take all the teams that are working on different aspects, you know, game playing, you know, being able to figure out rules of games and win the game and then being able to apply that, you know, but then you have other groups that are working on tactile recognition. You have other teams that are working on optical recognition. So then you're going to have somebody come along, an Elon Musk kind of character, that's going to be able to connect all those systems together. Now, granted, it might be the size of a high-rise building when it's first connected, but something that brings together a collection of those pieces that's when you're getting to the next, next era of AI for sure. Thank, thank you for walking the trail into my shadowy forest that I'm about to bring up next. <laughs> <laughs> so um, AlphaGo and chess have very finite black and white rules of engagement. Would you agree? True. Yeah. You will impress me with your machine learning and AI if you can start solving emotional and or gray and or subjective things on a regular basis. And I would charge you that there's actually probably no way to actually test whether or not a subjective decision was correct or not. Therefore, you cannot reward a AI unless you specifically give it a this is good, this is bad type system. What well, what if I argue that subjectivity equates to nuance, which equates to bias? What if things are actually supposed to be black and white, and because of the flawed human beings that we are, we have all those shades of gray? Kind of like uh, GMOs. I know I'm just pulling this out of left way. Genetically modified organisms. You know, you got a lot of people who get real, real high and mighty about, oh, I don't eat GMOs. And you ask them, well, why is that? Because they're genetically modified. And, and, and another person who might be, I would say, more objective to go, well, isn't that a, an emotionally laden burden you place upon yourself? Because what does it matter if it's genetically modified or natural so long as it doesn't harm you? Well, who's to say that genetically modified isn't natural? I was going to argue that the, the most complex genetically modified organism is the human being. I would 100% agree. We need to do GMOs one day. Okay. All right. It's a simple conversation, though. (laughs) Well, for us. (laughs) People have been breeding plants and people have been breeding people since the dawn of time. That's genetic modification. Pure genetics genetics is a a recipe for disaster. Bob, next you're going to tell me you believe in vaccinations because they do good. Oh, wait. I I believe that, too. Yeah. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. 
Okay, so, uh, Bob, you were asking me, hey, we need a show topic. And I was like, ah, shit, we do need a show topic. And I was yeah. like, hey. So you came up with two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I, and or Bob and I came up with was, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could sketch out a couple of not yet Black Mirror episodes because, well, our podcast is kind of reality Black Mirror, right? Plus, we love that show. Yes, we do. So, uh, the task that we laid upon ourselves was to come up with two shows, basically elevator speeches. Two episodes. Two episodes. And it, it, it comes down to just the pitch. And uh, what's what's the guy who runs uh, Black Mirror? Is his name Charlie something? Uh, oh, you got him. me there, but yeah. I think it is, first name is Charlie. Charlie Brooker. Oh, sorry. I had to Wikipedia that. Uh, <laughs> I knew that, but I forgot. So Charlie Brooker. So there's, uh, what, there's a few seasons of that. It's on Netflix. And the premise of each there's show. There's five seasons. And we're basically coming up to episodes. episodes episode ideas for the next season (laughs) and if you've never seen black mirror and trust me a lot of you haven't and i don't get that because i'll be like hey you know that one black mirror episode to just random person they're like what's that well black mirror is a netflix um uh produced uh show that has to do with the darkness of technology i guess is the way to put it yeah is that and each each episode has basically completely different cast so it's not episodic it's basically you know it's going to run an hour or hour and a half or whatever it is and it's just going to go from a to z and it's going to have a story and at the end it usually has a twist and you're like fuck this sucks oh my god (laughs) this is this is happening right now right and then once you get to be a big enough fan you just say fuck this sucks after the opening credits because you know it's just going to be bad and it's it, it's very much like the Twilight Zone. Which side note, I actually started watching the Twilight Zone, and that shit holds up still. Oh yeah, it was today. the original Black Mirror for sure. Holy crap, it's very scary. So, without but also, further, oh. but also, uh, same concept, not a recurring cast, yes. just basically themes of the fucked upness and you know roll tape <laughs> and, and you have a favorite episode and we call that uh, or they call that uh shoot what nosedive right that is well that one's my favorite and then also um one of my other favorites is the and i don't know the name of that one with the the military and the implants that make them see the bad guys as monsters oh yeah that's a good one i like the the uss callister which oh, uh yeah that one was really good too that's a good one too so spoiler alert um it's a good show if you haven't seen it go see it so we charged each other with coming up with two episodes so i don't know how to do this any better bob other than you give me an episode i'll go and up you know do an episode and then we kind of pick each other apart and ask questions about well what what happens this or what yeah, yeah. i don't know how this is gonna no, work no no so. totally go free form um i'll go first if you want me to okay yes okay well first i do want to say that uh i pulled up the list of all the episodes to make sure that the names that i came up with weren't already used <laughs> oh. so So the title of my episode for this next season, uh, the first one would be it's blue jeans, but it's G E N E S like genetic Genetic. genes. Um, 
So there's a government shadow company that's marketing a new and improved DNA kit. Basically, the marketing marketing scheme is such that really nearly everyone wants to get the test. The thing is, the test is not just a test. It identifies in color codes, turns the gene sequence into the color blue that the government scientists have identified that contributes to potential for defiance to authority. So Ooh, the company... Okay. Go ahead. Um, it, there's a uh, Divergent. Have you ever seen the Divergent movies? Yeah, yeah. So yes. similar to that, right? Yes. So, But the company has gamified the entire experience, and the kit comes with an app where users, with the help of their camera phones, can actually identify people with the blue jeans and tag them so that the government is actually alerted to who these people are and where they are. So you don't even have to report your genetic test to the government. So basically does, everyone's does the government helping try I- to take them out. Well, yeah, so you basically um they identify who the who the defiant ones are. Actually, god, I think there's actually the movie is called Defiant, isn't it? Or whatever that Divergent. Divergent, yeah. But I think uh, that's what it is. So basically there's a a group like a initially one person who figures out the scheme and attempts to establish a whole, you know, counterculture movement and ultimately a solution to disable the identification methods. And that's, that's where the plot takes off. Interesting. Do you got any sort and now I didn't do this for mine, but I just thought of it. Do you have any sort of league character or casting calls you would? No, you know what? I thought about doing that too, but no, I didn't go into, because I, one thing I like about black mirror is the cast aren't necessarily well-knowns globally. So that's true. Gives characters a chance to break out. So I'll leave it to their casting crew. I would probably just pick celebrities that I find attractive and be like, yeah, I want so-and-so. So So you're right. Let's just skip that. So, all right. So not bad. Um, Interesting. So do you think that's uh, something that it could be in the near future for real humanity? Uh, That's another thing I like about Black Mirror. I think all the stuff they talk about is, you know, literally right around the corner or we're already in the process of it becoming that. So yeah, like I could dive. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I could see this. I could see the government, especially some of the horseshit that we're hearing on TV lately. So yeah, nice. it could get super sketch. Okay. What you got? Final thoughts. Okay. I, I will. Nope, I we're going to move on to go. you. Okay, so the title of this episode is called Garden of Eden. So very biblical already, right? The year is 2125. AI, machine learning, and neural networks have successfully been able to pass the Turing test for the last 20 years with ease. The human population... 21, 25. Oh, 21. Okay, I was like, wait, five years from now? (laughs) (laughs) No. The human population became extinct just last year due to inhabitable climates and the inability to colonize another planet. Before the extinction, robots had been created in human likeness with standard silicone and metallic materials with no ability to self-replicate. Prototypes of the first organic-based robots were just beginning their trials. Organic-based robots are able to store information more compactly 
replicate with each other by merging their code and self-charge through chemical processes. Sound familiar? <clears throat> One group of prototypes had been preloaded with all of human knowledge and were set to explore an extrasolar planet. They sat upon a rocket that could attain half the speed of light. The crew was in cryosleep as it launches or as it launched and reached Proxima Centauri B a short time later. Adam wait, 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 wait. Oh. Are these humans that were in cryo or robots? No, these are the prototypes of organic based robots. Oh, Humanity so put them dead in cryo. Okay. Put them in cryo because they're organically based and they would actually age. Right. Okay. All okay. all humans are dead at this point. The, they gotcha. just couldn't get off the damn planet to colonize somewhere else because this this uh, speed of light drive was just in development. So the crew was put in cryosleep. So robots put their own organic base uh, robots in cryosleep and launched them to Proxima Centauri B, which is a real planet a uh, short time later. So it's the closest planet to the solar system. Two adolescent organic robots named Ab and Eve awake from their sleep to find their ship had crash landed. The entire rest of the robot crew are no longer operable, also known as they're dead. The planet is compatible with organic needs of robots. Adam and Eve begin to experiment with their new ability to replicate with each other. Roll credits. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's just robot porn. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea here is that AI evolves and decides that it's more efficient to be in an organic chemistry body, if you will, rather than other elemental things such as silicon and metal. So the implication here is that you and I are just evolved AI organic based robots that can self charge, self replicate, and we merge each other's knowledge through our DNA, which is our code. Right. It's basically just the, the story as old as time repeating itself. Exactly. And then who knows how many times this has already happened. Perhaps we are the crash landed robots from another civilization here on Earth. And then we invented things like religion and had to relearn um, physics and stuff because all this knowledge um, didn't. Got lost in the crash. Exactly. And yeah, I could see that one being an episode for sure. So that is my uh, first offering there. And yes, uh, there'll be some good-looking Adam and Eve uh, <laughs> organic robots. I call them adolescents, so I guess they need to be at least 18. So yeah. anyway. Well, <laughs> so, or reproductive age. There you go. All right, Bob, what's your second one? My next one, it's kind of funny that your title, my next one is The Eye of the Beholder. And so the episode synopsis for this is there's a revolutionary new optic nerve implant that uses AI to make it impossible for the host to see differences in others that may lead to bias or is, uh, and it's, yeah. So if you have the implant, you can't like, you can't see things that would cause you to have bias. So you can't see color. You can't see gender. You can't see anything that would make you have preconceives, um, Wow, I must have missed a copy and paste here. Uh, in in its second revision release, uh, so it's so the the prototype or it's not a prototype anymore. It's in version two and uh, early users have all been upgraded to the second version as well. Um, 
not much is said as of what happened in version one as the users were all under like really strict uh, NDAs. But it is referenced <laughs> that the initial launch was not as great as everyone had hoped. Um, with the release of 2.0, there was legislation making implantation mandatory for, the, for the, all the citizens of Earth. One year into the version 2 rollout, positive data is coming in related to social bias and discrimination-related activities, and the global government is heralding this innovation as something that will radically improve the quality of life for all around the globe, eliminating poverty, classism, racism, and all other things that have plagued humanity up to this point. So then you fast forward two years into this new version 2.0 deployment, researchers monitoring the program start to recognize downward trends in birth rates and recognized partnerships because it's not really marriage anymore. It's just recognized partnerships and air quotes. Um, <laughs> when, when looking into the numbers more, it is discovered that, it, that uh, there's a detailed recommendation against the program is found buried in the digital archives of the V1 study. A counterculture group, again, has figured out how to remove the implants or render them inactive, but are quickly labeled as hate group or terrorist organizations. As birth rates continue to decline, the rebels distribute guerrilla marketing via electronic hacks, etc., that point out the diversity and acknowledging differences is what makes us human and contributes to attraction and perpetuation of the species. Wow. That's kind of where that episode goes. You and I <laughs> have very <laughs> similar minds. Because when I go next, which I'm not going to go yet, you will see a lot of parallels with what you just said. So um, I totally see that being a potential futuristic thing because we kind of live in a current era where we want to steamroll individuality out of society right now. It's like we're overcompensating the whole gender argument when we, when we conflate equality with uh gender meaning you know like sports should should women compete against men or should we keep it separate what happens if you're transgender who do you compete with you know, men or the women and you know we your your story kind of i think goes down the path of what if we just make it all take away conflict by showing you what you need to see in order to right. avoid all that right if if everyone is the same it's just, I think the world becomes bland. And I think that's what the implant does, is it makes so much sameness that no one is even attracted to each other anymore. Oh, man. Okay. I really like <laughs> I, I really like where you went with this because I will um, go next if, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. The title of my episode is called The Central Repository. The year is 2119. In an effort for population control... Genetic purity and equality. Humans are no longer allowed to have children on their own due to new laws that require all new humans to meet strict DNA standards. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like eugenics. I don't know if you're familiar. The I just love that we both went DNA routes in two right? different episodes. <laughs> the existing populace is also required to register their DNA for defect scanning and for sterilization. Anyone with significant defects will be scheduled for early termination. Anyone not sterilized after one year of the law coming into effect will be considered fugitives of the state. <laughs> Going forward, children Definite must be... themes of government overlording right. here. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Going forward, children must be acquired from the central government because they can't procreate anymore. Because they're all sterilized if they're good citizens. 
Any children who do not come from the central repository are hunted and exterminated. Inside the central repository, children are lab-created and given a standard education. Once the standard education is achieved at age 18, they are issued to a loving family. Oh, this central, have you seen The Giver? I have read The Giver? No. It's no, very similar, one. very okay. like not exactly the same, but I mean theme thematically, yeah, gosh, dystopian shit, crazy. <laughs> Once the standard oh wait, uh, uh central repository children are sterilized to ensure that they cannot break the global procreation law of 2099. In a dark corner of a small town, a band of rebels who were born naturally before the central <laughs> repository came into being, they plot to destroy the central government with stolen nuclear weapons. The camera cuts to a very industrialized, dystopian-looking, humongous base where millions of repository-created soldiers are training for battle. To be continued. So... Oh, that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh, man, your last one and my last one are very similar. <laughs> See, I think that's, we basically just wrote a season of Black Mirror. Like oh, they could take See, the government and make it private enterprise. But I mean, it, it's all super legit. Well, the last season of Black Mirror only had three episodes. And that was quite disappointing. I'm like, come on, man. Put me on the payroll or put, put Bob and Kevin on the payroll. We got some ideas. Well, right? I think the first season was only three episodes as well. I, there were a couple episodes or a couple of seasons in the middle where they went a little deeper, but a couple of the seasons have been very short. So uh, that is our segment. I don't know if it'll be recurring, but it's basically not yet Black Mirror, right? And we hope that Mr. Brooker of uh, Black Mirror fame might uh, be interested in some of those, right? And He's got to have tons of them written because, I, <laughs> I mean, they're, it's, I mean, I don't want to minimize it. It didn't feel all that difficult today. And I, I think there's some definite merit to some of the ideas that we came up with. So. Well, what helped me was I, I went through all of our show and, um, in previous episodes and kind of pulled some buzzwords for like, oh, we that talked master about this, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, there's a lot that could go wrong with technology. <laughs> and this is easy actually, right? Well, and as a tangent, we ran out of tags on Podbean. Like it won't let me add any different tags. Really? Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. Well, that was funny that we both did DNA because another idea for the show today was to talk about uh, <laughs> Christmas gifts. Uh, we wanted to do uh, tech gifts for the holiday, the 2019 holiday season. And I think one of the big words of caution that we've been emphasizing since well before Thanksgiving is do not give the gift of a DNA test kit. <laughs> So I, I picked three gifts. Now, I, I want to kind of follow on and say that I didn't pick three gifts I would necessarily recommend. I picked three gifts that are probably going to be given this Christmas. Oh, interesting. So that's good that you went that route because I actually picked ones that I thought were um, not necessarily revolutionary, but probably like technologically significant and that people would like. So um well, I'm going to go first, because if you don't mind. So my first well, I one went of first the three, last time, so yeah, you should go first. 
my first one of the three and I went to Amazon and I just typed in DNA kit and <laughs> what <laughs> and what came up was your 23andMe there's one called family tree DNA so there's several of them out there and what's even more fun to do is click on the reviews for 23andMe and you get a bunch of people who are who are pretty angry I mean there's there's a lot of five star ratings but there's a good chunk of one star ratings and people are basically saying don't do this for the reasons that Bob and I usually say once you give away your DNA you're you've given it away but like and, they're users of the product though so they did give it away and then now they're complaining about it yes because several people are saying that hey I gave them my DNA they say yep you didn't give us enough and that's it <laughs> no refund no nothing if you if you want us oh. to try again buy another kit no and so and so several people said, you know, after lots of calling, lots of yelling, lots of screaming, they sent me a new kit and same thing happened again. They couldn't figure it out. And then uh, so they're basically like, no refund. Sorry, we tried twice and we couldn't do it. No refund. Have a nice life. What is up with those people's DNA? <laughs> I don't know. Did you see uh, recently about chimeras? Are you familiar with the term chimera? Aren't they like part lion, part human? Wow, you are very good. Yeah, so like a minotaur, you know, is is a chimera, right? It's got two sets of DNA. Did you know humans can be chimeras natural? Well, unnaturally. Um, sounds like something not safe for work, but I'm game. Go ahead. So there, <laughs> well, <laughs> not that kind of DNA swapping, Bob. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so I was reading an article where somebody did a DNA test, and they said, "Hey, wait a second, uh, your DNA." is the same as this person's in another continent that can't be and turns out if you have like a bone marrow transplant you can actually it can slowly um change your entire dna in your entire body well i was gonna say that's the point of a bone marrow transplant though right yes but there's also a small percentage of people who have different dna for different parts of their body so it also raises questions with legalities if you murder someone and you leave dna at the scene but you've had a bone marrow transplant you may be leaving somebody else's dna at the crime scene which is brilliant. omg which yes. is brilliant <laughs> some some defense lawyers going tell me more kevin <laughs> i would love to know more so you can google that if you want yeah the lawyer says i rest my case my client is a chimera and the person who got the bone marrow transplant is therefore the murderer <laughs> yes i mean it's reasonable doubt so um that brings me to my next thing. So gift but- number one was a DNA <laughs> test kit, but we are panning that and saying, do not, do not, do not don't, do that. Don't do that. Before we move on from that one, Bob, um, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. When I was at your house, I found a piece of chewing gum in a trash can and I sent it off to 23andMe and gave them your DNA without your consent. Are you bothered by that? It's probably already been taken without my consent anyway. Oh, so. wow. So I didn't, really, I didn't really do that. But, <laughs> you know, if somebody else sent your DNA and it goes into the system, what is your recourse for saying, hey, get my shit out of your da- database? Oh, you got to you got to. That's a bet that no one should even take. There's probably people all over the place who are submitting spouses DNA or um DNA of their friends because they're concerned. Yeah, paternity (laughs) things. Exactly. So I'm sure there's DNA given without consent all over the place. So 
I don't know that these services are doing anything other than a novelty service, right? This this feels like a novelty product. Hey, find out if you're related to George Washington or King George the Third or well, whatever. That's the right? scam to get your DNA. Right, but how do you fact check that? If they come back and say, "Hey, you're related to George Washington," I mean, where are you going to go? Yeah, I am, or no? It's bullshit. I'm from no, freaking. South Africa. You know? I bet you they give false results like that to encourage people to be at dinner parties and be like, hey, I swabbed the inside of my mouth and sent it off to 23andMe. And guess what? I'm a direct descendant of George Washington. You should find out who you're related to. <laughs> well, cue Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas comment from Donald Trump. <laughs> That's probably inappropriate. But you, you see where I'm going with this. It's like you, see, you even see commercials for 23andMe. I thought I was... Irish turns out I'm from Spain. Okay. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit, you know? Right. And and I'm just telling you what you want to hear. You know, are they just telling you what you want to hear and you just accept it and then you're making life decisions based on you know, oh, I'm from the Mediterranean. Now I'm going to start wearing Mediterranean clothes or some you know, whatever it is you do, I mean, there's no there's no way to back this up, is there? No, and I think they're really just telling people that information to give them some kind of value add. Because, I mean, other than that, what would be the point? Because, well, I guess they give you health profiles back too, which is scary as shit. Like, begs the whole question, do, do, will you live your life differently if you know? And if you do live your life differently, if it's in your DNA, would it make a damn bit of difference? Yeah, so... um we're kicking this one in the teeth. Uh, don't buy anyone that. Uh, and there's several other of them out there. Ancestry.com is a very popular one. And uh, I guess that means Ancestry and 23andMe won't be sponsors, sponsors of the show, Bob. Well, maybe they will. <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't want actually listen to us. Yeah, whatever. Right. All right. I'll uh, do the live I'll, read. I don't care. <laughs> all right. And you can do the next product. All right. So we're going to alternate products. Okay. So... Obviously, I was taking a different route, um, but my number one that I put on here was the uh, Echo Dot with the clock on the side. And I kind of put this in here like, duh, why did it take them so long to add that? So <laughs> basically, it's the little hockey puck with the digital readout along the side that tells you what time it is. So Whoa. I know, but legit replacement for your alarm, alarm clock. clock, even though... In our household, um, the non-digital display Echo devices that we have have already replaced our alarm clocks. So it, I think that it's got a lot of practicality, but it's also like, why did it take so long? Duh. Because they, they can slowly resell you old technology one generation of Echo at a time, right? Yeah, I believe that. And then they have a second generation Echo Show, I think, that they're calling the Show 5, which makes no sense, maybe because it's five inches. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, they are. They're totally just recycle, recycle, recycle. Well, I know the first generation of Echo didn't even have like an audio out because I just wanted to literally plug it in to a stereo, but you had to do it over Bluetooth. But right. I'm like, you know, how hard would it have been to add a goddamn three and a half millimeter jack? Uh, Echo version five or whatever. You know, they'll, they'll be like Apple. We've reinvented this by reintroducing old technology. So whatever. We talked about all the satellite junk that's going to be in space on the last episode. Just think about all the Echo Dot junk that's in the landfills. Yeah. And 
Uh, since the last episode, I picked up a new term called the Kessler syndrome. Are you familiar with the Kessler syndrome? I thought we talked about that on the last episode. Isn't that not, where... Not directly, though. Isn't that where things collide into things in the sky and everything falls out? That's right. So if you saw the movie Gravity, it happens there. Where basically, it starts a chain reaction. So once two things collide, they create little pieces. And those little pieces now are a thousand pieces and collide into more things. And it's just this runaway effect where it just destroys everything in orbit. Also known as a Monday in the Beatty Bar household. <laughs> okay. All right. Back on track. So my next product was the Tile Mate. It's the little Bluetooth thing that you put on like keychain. If you lose your keys, you're like, oh, my oldest my son loves his tiles, loves them. So I actually don't own any yet. And I, I seriously consider these. One of the kind of the ancillary features of this is if you lose something your keys you can like turn your you know opt your tile into like a consortium of crowd searching if you will so if you lose your keys you can be like hey i lost my keys here's my bluetooth id my tile id then if somebody like happens to walk past it and their phone like detects it because it's near field communications at this point Somebody could be like, hey, I found your keys. It's here in um, Albuquerque, you know, and you could be like, oh, can you mail those back to me? So that's kind of a ancillary feature, but you got to opt into that. Well, right. But you can also, it's easier to find, because I mean, when you lose something, you at least have a general idea of you retrace your footsteps and having that tile on it would totally alert you more to its location. Yeah. If you lost in tall grass or behind, you know, something, you know, it's kind of like a Marco Polo game digital version, right? Well, we lost some gear on a, we did an eight mile hike this past weekend and Caroline lost a hat and a glove. And if they were tile enabled, you know, we could go redo that eight mile hike and probably find both of them. Yeah. So I haven't used these, um, but I've been seriously considering them and they're, they're, in different generations and different versions. Apparently there used to be where you can share your tile with a family, but now version two, that's a premium feature. So there's kind of like some. Oh, that's crap. Yeah. But my oldest Josh, he loves his, he's had them for years. All right. Well, you didn't talk me out of it, so that's good. So I'm going to still pursue those. So what, what, what else you got? Well, that one for you was not a trash one. So there's some legitimacy, legitimacy to your list. So Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've got one. Yeah, right. And then two I am actually legitimately interested in. My number two is basically a genre, the AirPod or a wireless earbud genre. Because apparently everyone in the world is making a pair of wireless earbuds except for our good friends at Microsoft because they are delaying the release of their um, ear tags. Do you, we... do you know why, Bob, they're delaying them? Because they're ugly as fuck? No. Oh. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> and because the Washington Post ran my tweet that basically called them oh, ugly as fuck. <laughs> that's why they're delaying it, yes. It's, it's my fault, Bob. So, yeah, I just figured um, I'm getting inundated with ads for these things. and. Uh, I do actually have a wireless headset that's the Backbeat Fit, and I love it. It's made by, uh, shoot, I can't think of who it's made by, and I don't have, Planetronics, made by Planetronics. So I have a pair of, um, but there's a wire that connects the two, and that gets, when you're wearing a hoodie, I mean, this is first world problems here, when you're wearing a hoodie, the little, line in the back gets to be a little bit of a pain in the neck literally so 
Um, yeah, an AirPod type, you know, earbud, wireless earbud is definitely on my list, but I'm a little frightened by that whole technology being in your ear for a long time. <laughs> well, so AirPods are very popular and a lot of people are kind of joke. Wouldn't it be great if you could buy an accessory so you could tie the two together, which is kind of like funny because really making th- wired he- headphones again. <laughs> right, because a lot of people are like, look, there's no wire between the two. But of course, they're much easier to lose and you can't drape them over your neck now. So now you can buy an accessory that remarry them. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, Fucking Apple in their goddamn world of, look, this is better. But anyway, so I actually own two sets of Bluetooth, like jogging version head headphones. And they have the cord. One's by Anchor and one's by one called HBuds. Didn't pay any more than $20 for them. Last Black Friday, I picked up a pair for me, a pair for the wife. And I tell you what, they are great. I, w- I can't imagine spending a gajillion dollars on AirBuds or whatever they're called, but people <laughs> swear by them. But That's what 20- we call them at our house, AirBuds. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's like, isn't that a movie? I'm like, yeah, yeah long story. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But I can't imagine spending any more than 20 bucks on these things ever. They're like 135 or something, aren't they? That's in, that's stupid. I don't, that's okay. I know you're an audiophile compared to me. I mean, I like good quality, but when I'm out running, all right, right. I, I, I don't need to be in this immersive, oh my God, this is the best ever. This is just so amazing sound. Dude, I just don't want to get run over. Okay. And, and thankfully I can still hear like my environment a little bit. I, I find those good features. Yeah. That's what I love about my backbeat fits. They're actually designed so that the outside atmosphere does get in, but I, when I'm running with them in, I'd still get the shit scared out of me. So, <laughs> oh, oh, same here, same here. But I, I, I'm still not sold on the whole Apple, you know, wireless earbuds for a hundred and gajillion dollars. That's just nuts, man. That's just crazy. All right, all right. So what do you I, got next? This is your right. third and final one, correct? This is. Um, it's called a Glowforge. Are you familiar with Glowforges? Is that the laser cutout thing? The Glowforge Plus 3D Laser Printed, the fast, easy, powerful tool for wood, leather, craft, paper, fabric, and DIY. The ultimate hobby, laser cutting and engraving machine. Yours for one payment of $39.95. That's right. $3,995. So I'm a DIY guy. I picked up screen printing this year, something that you told me you've done in the past. I do woodworking. Man, I just like making things swag for actually a a glowforge is a perfect call for you yeah and and you know how i actually uh decided this is one of my product i went to my amazon wishes i'm like holy shit why don't i just go to my goddamn wish list i've already done this exercise (laughs) and uh so there it is i've got that on there and i think it would be really cool to laser cut laser print things i think you can um, make tons of show swag come on get one yeah, but for four grand, that we're gonna have to get a lot more listeners. I chip in twenty <laughs> bucks for it. Would you? Yeah. You're such a swell guy. I know. Thanks. What can I say? Oh yeah. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your twenty dollars. <laughs> so that's it. Would would you uh, would you like one of those? If if one of our show listeners were like, hey, you know what? Here's a Glowforge, Bob. I think Glowforge should be a sponsor and send us. One. I think so too. See, we Each. don't hate everybody. Yeah, <laughs> we would totally rep them. We would totally, totally, as long as it didn't like suck. So, well, it's it funny. Did. You went up 
price tag on the spectrum for your last one, and uh, I did as well. So what you got? I have the Sonos Move. Uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a giant fan of the Sonos ecosystem because the audio quality is amazing, and they are smart speakers that are uh, Ethernet or Wi-Fi enabled, not the stereotypical Bluetooth speakers. However, the Sonos Move combines the best of all worlds because it is actually a Wi-Fi enabled speaker that has a rechargeable battery on board, charges in its base, and when you take it out of its base, it becomes one of the most badass, weather-resistant Bluetooth speakers on the market today. Man, you should be a Sonos sponsor or reader. So if they give it, hey, I Sonos, just made give, that up off the top of my head, just for the record. Wow. Sonos, See, Sonos rep. give us money. Bob will say that kind of shit all the time. Now, the problem right. is, is I think this carries a $399 price tag for a portable speaker, but I love everything about their commitment to audio quality. And I just love that they're so easily networked and they're all voice enabled now as well, too. So it just integrates nicely into a smart home and sounds tremendous. So I'm looking at it on Amazon. Uh, the $399 gets you a battery-powered smart speaker, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, with Alexa built in. I'm going to bring up the Alexa. Alexa has got to be like really tiny software, right? Because it's all just it a does, chip. Yeah, it's just a chip. All it does is say, yeah, what do you want me to tell the server on the cloud? Oh, Bob says, what time is it? Hey, server, what time is it? Hey, the server said it's 3 o'clock. Hey, Bob says, where do I hide dead bodies? Hey, server, where do I hide dead bodies? <laughs> and it says, I don't know. That's inappropriate or something, right? So that's all Alexa is, right? So having something Alexa built in is just basically a small little web server, right? Yes. However, for a specialized functionality like that, where you've got a product that's got things like, you know, play this from that, do this, you know, those kind of things. Somebody has to build in the, I forget what they call it, but basically the call and response, you know, Amazon, if you pick, if server, if you pick up this command, this is what you have to do on this device. So, you know, there's some R&D that goes into that. So you got to pay some doll hairs for that. So... I, I want to do a bonus one because that was all three years, right? Yeah. I have an honorable mention as well. Go ahead. Okay. And maybe it's the same one. The cheese grater. Are you familiar with the cheese grater oh, from oh, Apple? Oh, no. I am because <laughs> you sent me this link the other day. This is this was not my honorable mention. So the, the selling point of this isn't the one and a half terabytes of memory that you can get on this. It isn't the sleek cheese grater looking process, or, uh, case. It isn't the 28 core Intel processor that you can get with this you know what it is it's the optional four hundred dollar roller skate wheels that you can get for the goddamn thing that's what well, actually stuck out in everyone's mind and it doesn't even come with the monitor right fuck no that's probably another 10 g's for easy right there so only so the price tag on this is how much 52 grand Joe User's not buying this, right? This is only for movie studios, right? This is production this is houses. Pixar. This is made for Pixar, right? This is for <laughs> the next, for Toy Story 56, you know, or whatever the next version is. And this is so they can render that shit, go to lunch and come back and they'll be like, oh no, can you change this? And they, they make a little change and they render it and it's it's done. 
I imagine that's who it's for. And think about 52000 per unit as a tax write-off. And if you're Pixar, you're like, hell yeah, we ain't paying taxes this year, boys. You know? Throw us <laughs> 100 of those bad boys. That's right. We're just gonna we're just gonna take a loss this year, but we're all gonna have nice computers. That's right. I don't think Pixar's taking a loss anytime soon. Nah, they're not. They're doing good. Disney, they're they're printing their own money because uh, I think Disney owns them now, right? Disney owns everything. Star Wars, Marvel. Ah, oh my gosh, they're, Mickey Mouse is just sitting there like making it rain with Disney bucks <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> exactly all right so that that was my i guess my honorable mention i didn't steal yours did i no no my no god no um but my honorable mention comes with an interesting story so disclaimer i've never used an iphone 11 um with the you know 26 onboard cameras or whatever they have now (laughs) but um one of the things that caroline and i find ourselves doing when we're on hikes is we'll bump into people and everyone's you know this is a pretty touristy town. So on the lower levels of hikes, you know, there'll be people trying to take couple selfies with the mountains in the backdrop and things. And Caroline and I are usually like, Hey, you know, would you like us to take your picture? Because it's a lot better than a selfie and we'll get the full, you know, the full panoramic background in there. And so the other day on the hike, uh, someone handed me their galaxy galaxy S 10 phone. And I held the camera up to take the picture. And I literally said to myself, looking at the screen, I'm like, holy shit, Caroline, look at this. It was dusk. You know, the lighting was getting pretty dim. But through the camera, it looked like it was broad daylight and they were lit by studio lighting. I don't even know how it did this. But (laughs) I was taking these pictures and I was just drooling. I was like this is the most beautiful camera phone I've ever seen. Not to mention the kids we took a picture of were pretty beautiful as well. Kids, they were probably like 30, but, um, so it was a wonderful picture and it had nothing to do with photography. So this, this was a galaxy S 10, not an iPhone 11. Correct. So I have nothing to compare it to, but I was so impressed with the, um, with the camera on the S 10. So I just, I was just doing the iPhone disclaimer because I haven't seen what the new iPhone can do, but this Galaxy S10 definitely my honorable mention for a Christmas gift. My uh, my Galaxy Note Five is going on four years old. I'm kind of proud of the fact that it's going on four years old. But you know what sucks about having a four year old phone, Bob? Uh, nothing runs on it. They stop doing. No, it does. It runs great. Uh, Apple ha- or an Apple Android has a very long life for that, but they. Verizon stopped pushing me security updates. So whenever you see, oh shit, we found this problem in Android. Don't worry, we sent patches out. Guess who don't get no patches? This guy. Cheap, cheap bastards. <laughs> this guy. Well, <laughs> goddamn, these things are like a thousand dollars, you know? And then, so I, I sent you a link to an article as about iPhone 11 production is being uh, cut by 25%. Do you want to know why, Bob? I was hoping it was because people thought it sucked, but apparently that's not true. That is not the reason. In fact, from what I understand, the iPhone 11 is amazing. Amazing camera, amazing everything. But you, the reason that they're cutting production is because people are like, you know what? This is a lame duck release because guess what people want, Bob? They want 5G. 5G. <laughs> and, and iPhone 11 ain't no 5G phone. And 5G is, is, I wish I could give myself that for Christmas so I wouldn't have to 
I mean, literally right now we're doing a video conference so we can see each other, but I have to use my hotspot on my phone because my home internet is so shitty. So at least my 4G is not too bad, but I want some 5G coming piped to my house so I can play some video games. Oh, you want to know what grinds my gears, Bob? <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. It rhymes with Xbox. Yes, it does. <laughs> Starts with X and rhymes with box. That's right. <laughs> my son saved up his money. And he, he went and bought a game. He's like, Dad, I really want this game. I've saved up my money. I'm like, all right, son, let's do it. So we take our happy asses over to Walmart. Hey, Walmart person, behind this glass case of amazingness, we want that game right there. We pay cash for it. We go home. We slap that disc in the, in the Xbox. <laughs> and it wants 93 gigs of update. Are you fucking kidding me? Wait, how much data fits on one of those discs only like 10 gig right yeah well yeah 17 gig something weird so the point is is we are you want to talk about being in different eras we are in the era of everyone thinks you've got a broadband connection but guess who doesn't have like a really really amazing broadband connection not you know me and i live in (laughs) this guy east east (laughs) part of the the americas so Oh, that's grinding my gears right but now. But so, my question is, is what purpose does the disc serve if there's 93 gig of updates? Well, all the video game companies, not just PlayStation and Xbox, they're all going to this digital only model where it's like you can just buy like a little gift card looking thing and that's the game you go home, you download it. So the whole idea that you're giving a disc is such bullshit because you no longer well, it seems that you can just go buy a game and throw it in the Xbox. Grandma can't just buy you a game and you play it offline. You have to have this internet connection. Now, before you say, well, Kevin on the back, it says you need to have a connection. It doesn't say I have to download 93 fucking gigabits or bytes of data. Bites, not bits, bytes. Yeah, bytes. <laughs> and my son's like, well, dad, maybe I'll be able to play this before the end of the new year. And I'm like, Maybe by the time he's 18. So do you know what Kevin's got to do this weekend? Kevin's got to take one of his kids to the coffee shop with the Xbox, plug it in on the table with a little tiny screen, which fortunately I have. And we've done this before. Won't that look suspicious? Like, I don't care. That's we're going to get him. We're going to get him his update. We may not finish. We may not finish because it. If you don't finish, you can at least resume. Thank God you don't have to start over. You know, ninety nine percent. Oh, sorry, start over. No, fortunately they got that shit worked out. But it really grinds my gears. You need to find some friends who live closer to the big city where they get the internets. Well, I used to have good internet. I moved one mile, and now I have no good internets because the goddamn. Mediacom, that's right, I'll call you out my name. You want $3,000 to run 300 feet of coax cable to my house. Anyway. Here's an idea. We can get them to sponsor the show, and we'll do $3,000 worth of live reads for them to run the internet to your house. I'm grumpy. You're going to do the reads. I'll do the reads. I'll get you you the internet you deserve. Thanks, Bob. Oh, speaking of which, did you, have you started watching, uh, silicon valley yet no it's on my list that's you know a what catchphrase I, from this episode this season the internet what? you deserve oh nice <laughs> um well real quick what i am watching i'm watching the crown on netflix 
I'm watching Imagineering, which is like the story of behind the scenes of how the uh, Disney runs their parks, which is kind of cool. Been watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, which started out really good. Now it's kind of turned into <laughs> like this really shitty dialogue that they really need to fix. <laughs> yeah, it's getting weird. It's getting way too feel good. Um, they need to make it darker, to be honest. Uh, what about you, Bob? What are you watching? I just finished the first season of Mrs. Fletcher on HBO. What is that? <laughs> uh, empty nester divorced mom discovers her inner MILF. Uh, Hey, Bob, you don't have to tell us what you're watching. It's, but that's the premise, but it's way more complex than that. That's how they sell right, it. No, right. seriously, that's how they sell it. Um, Sounds like the TV show Weeds or The Weeds or whatever, where mom turned, you know. It's definitely got a little bit of ingredients of weeds for sure. Okay. Um, what else? Mrs. Maisel. That's on, on Prime, right? Amazon Prime. Yep. And, uh, we're super excited for uh, Danger Will Robinson, which, what was that? Uh, uh, Lost in Space? Lost in Space is coming back for a second season, the new really? version of Lost in Space. Yeah. And then uh, there's another space one, too. Uh, can't think of the name of it. But yeah, so we're excited for some new ones coming out. It's not The Expanse, is it? It is. Thank ah, you. See? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right before <laughs> Kevin, we need to end the show. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know what I've noticed lately in some shows, Mars, and I think it's called The Roman Empire on Netflix. They they blend drama with documentary. Have you ever seen like so? The yeah, Ma- Ma- Mars, Mars is very much like that. Yeah, I've seen a, several shows like that now. I'm like, huh? I guess that's a thing now. You know, I, I guess that's all right. But you know, it's not bad. It's just uh, I didn't see that coming. We watched The Report recently, um, which I think is also Amazon Prime. Uh, That was good. That was kind of documentary drama, but it was a drama based on real life events. Ooh, I watched Laundromat on Netflix. Have you seen that? It's got uh, Meryl Streep. uh, Such big cast of characters on these. Jesus. Yeah, it's got, uh, gosh, I can't think of their name. Gary Oldman and... uh, Married to Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, not not him. Uh, married to Melanie Griffith. Damn it. What's his name? Got me there. I don't know couples. Anyway, uh, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, kind of like, um, gosh, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums style where they it's con men. Super you know. uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. Anyway, lots of good stuff. Go out there and watch stuff, people. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the latest TV shows that Bob and Kevin are watching. Actually, that's not what we talked about for most of the episodes. So, uh, yeah, buy cool Christmas gifts for everyone and uh, don't get DNA kits. Unless you want to get it for your like neighbor you don't like, then totally do it. Yeah, that's with, cool. With their DNA. Just go to their trash bin. And if you have your own DNA, or not DNA, Jesus, if you have your own Black Mirror episode ideas that you want to share with us, reach out to us on social media and share your storylines for future Black Mirror episodes with us. Ooh. And of the four, which one would you green light? Oh, yeah. Let us know. Uh, there's going to be a little clip running here at the end, and you'll figure out how to get in touch with us. Do it. Later. Bye. Hey. 
Have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. 